Hello, I'm Jesse Keller, and welcome to the Your Song, My Song podcast. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Gabriel Berry. Gabe, how you doing? Hello, hello, hello. How are you, Jesse? Uh, dude, I'm doing good. Got yeah. pre-show jitters. and jitters. Know, yep, it's the first oh, episode. Uh, it's exciting, you know? I know. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that we're doing this. I, uh, I came to the idea with to you. Uh, maybe two, three weeks ago, said I mm-hmm. wanted to do a show, a radio show. Then I looked at music licensing fees, and I was like, that's not going to happen. That is just not – that is so much money that we don't have. Uh, so yes, I was like, you know what? So. Let's do a podcast. And we workshopped it, and we got a solid – I think it is a solid idea. It's a great idea. And uh, here we are. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Your Song, My Song. Yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy being here. I must say, uh, I we've know. been we've been wanting to do something together for like a year now. Yeah, no, like, we we wanted it, to do something with movies, and then I went off and did that, and it just wasn't right time. And then, like, like I said last week, two weeks ago, you, uh, yeah. you said this idea, and I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it, you know? Yep, and here we are, and now we're doing it, and I am so excited to be doing this um at the top here just have a couple things i want to say to everybody Uh, a little bit of housekeeping for everybody here uh so jesse's going to get into how the show works uh but we have a link tree if you want to follow us on instagram at your song my song underscore podcast ysms underscore oh yeah sorry ysms underscore podcast excuse me um which it'll be reminded in the outro as well uh, we have a link tree there, and from there, you can get links to all the sites where our podcast is hosted, as well as where you can find the playlist for today's uh, topic, uh, which, Jesse, what is this show about? What are we doing here today? All right, Gabe. Well, the show works as followed. Me and you, we both selected 10 songs, and we built a themed playlist about this week's episode. Out of those five, we chose five songs. Out of those ten, we chose five <laughs> of those songs to talk yes, about yep. in a little bit more detail. No particular order. Um, this week's episode is about our favorite artists. Yes, sir, it is. I, me and Jesse, this was the first thing we thought about, and we're both in agreement. I think this is the best way for you to get to know us, our audience. Anybody who's coming here and listening to us the first time, even our friends, our family, who might be our audience here. of probably one person. Listen, thank right you for now, joining us. I'm I'm sure millions are listening to us. All right, no major world event happened this past weekend that needs to be spoken about. Yeah, no, uh, nothing important happened at all. Uh, so you should all be listening to the show. But think of this as a musical charcuterie board. Okay, it's getting to know us. Yeah, it's getting to know us. All right, this is like a meat and cheese board of music, and in no particular order, we're both going to give you some music to listen to. And like I said, it's going to be in a in a playlist separate from this because we do not have music licensing rights. As much as I would love to play the music during this and listen to it with Jesse, and I'm sure Jesse would love to listen to it with me. Yeah, that would be just great. not in the cards, but. You know, maybe five years down the line when we have our Facebook moment and it explodes, you know, yeah, sp- someone sponsor us, you know, yeah, give exactly. us some money for licensing music. Exactly. Uh, Liquid IV, I, I'm talking to you. You, We need your sponsorship. You throw those things out. You give those things out like 
uh, I don't know. I don't have an analogy off the top of my head to use, but yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no. Um, our favorite artists. Yeah. Well, uh, with that being said, Gabe, what is your first song? What is my first song? Well, that is a great question, Jesse. I dug deep. All right. I went mm-hmm. into my Spotify account. I looked at albums. I looked at songs. I looked at most played. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight really quickly. The way I designed this is the way I chose a favorite artist is not necessarily around a favorite song. It's Mm -hmm. how much of their discography I love. I agree. Um, And that made it a little bit easier for me to kind of figure out what I like. So my first artist that I chose is Tame Impala. Uh, And specifically, Apocalypse Dreams off of Tame Impala's 2012 album, Lonerism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the first single that was released off lonerism uh back in 2012 and it's like the second of a two-part opener the song mm-hmm. before it is ender's toy um tame impala of course kevin parker one man wonder kid man from australia uh long hair jesus himself the man the myth the legend um he wrote this album uh when he was living in france it is very much an album about isolation. It's about change. This song specifically is about change. Uh, one of my favorite lyrics from the song, uh, the opening lyric from the song. This could mm-hmm. be the day that we push through. This could be the day that all our dreams come true. And I got to say, that I line that. chills. Every time I hear it, the way he and just the way that the song opens with this very these this driving like snare drum and hi-hat. Mm-hmm. combo i love it i love it so much and the song it ha- is very dynamic it builds it has this little breakdown uh kind of like in the middle to this and again another part it just always gives me chills is when the the all the instruments come back in the drums come back in in this middle part if you've heard this song before you you know what i'm talking about when you go listen to the song look out for it because it's a it's a it's a great song it's also a running song for me it is a excuse me um it's a song that I put on to warm up if I'm going to go for a jog. Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect BPM for jog. Um, but, I mean, I-, I love this song. There's nothing much more for me to say about it. It's It's a song that's about worrying about your life, about change, you know, wondering if you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wondering if you're going to watch your life fade away, if you're going to do something with your life. I feel that it's a perfect representation of the existential crisis that myself and other young adults might face. Uh, definitely, I have a ton of existential crises, and, and I believe this song uh, definitely exemplifies that. Um, so, but with that being said, Jesse. I, wait, I do, before we move on, I do yes, want to just yeah, say, yeah. I want to mention, uh, off that album, my favorite Tame Impala song is uh, is Elephants. We we were talking about this earlier. Excellent. Um, Excellent track. You know what? It's really weird. I don't know if you get this too, but with, with this album specifically, Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I can never get it out of my head. He kind of just has a sound that that kind of emulates John Lennon. His voice. It's his really, voice. It's yeah, in his, the voice. It's his voice. You hear it's it too his, then. Yeah, it's his vocal registry. He does mm-hmm. have a bit of a a John Lennon voice. Um, it's like if John Lennon and Pink Floyd had sex. And, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's and, a good and way to describe is, it. And this is the baby mm-hmm. of that. I'd say there's a lot of Pink Floyd influence on there as well, but... Mm-hmm. Um, no, for sure. He definitely has a, a vocal register similar to John Lennon. And Elephant is a an amazing track. It's actually the second single 
off of yeah. ownerism. Uh, probably, I would if I had to bargain a guess next to the less I know the better. Mm-hmm. That is his most well known track. I mean, mm-hmm. that was my introduction to Team Impala was that song um mm-hmm. and then listening to currents and then going back and listening to lonerism mm-hmm. but uh yeah no that's a great song that's also a great pick but uh personally for me uh it's apocalypse dreams uh i highly recommend it uh it is top three if not my favorite tame impala song there were maybe two other songs that i'm gonna keep hidden because you know maybe i'll save them for further lists um but yeah uh jesse yeah now that I got that out of the way, now that I got my first song out of the way. What is your first song? I'm very interested to hear All right. what well, your first song is. My first song is Less Than Zero by The Weeknd. Oh, okay. All yep. right. So yeah. this song, the number 15 on uh, The Weeknd's new album, Dawn FM. Uh, dude, this song... It gets me. It gets me right in the feels. Mm-hmm. I love. I love Abel Tesfaye, The Weekend. Yes. Uh, this song is beautiful. Um, you know, it, it's it's got a, it's got deep lyrics to it about uh, about the darkest truth um, that he has to face with himself, mm-hmm. um, and not being good enough for his partner. Yep. Um, and yeah, I could just listen to it on repeat and get a new type of emotion from it every single time. Yeah. Uh, We were actually, me, you, and our friend Mike, we listened to the album as it was happening, uh, as it was being live-streamed. That's the cool thing about this album, specifically. He did a a whole show for it uh, as its premiere. Yeah, like it was like a fake live DJ set on uh, Amazon uh, Amazon Video. They did a live stream for it. And uh, it was on Twitch and everything. And uh, it's th- this album is the sequel to After Hours, as I'm sure you're aware of. Um, yes. After Hours, great album. It's got so many great hits on it. But for me, uh, The Weeknd's uh, Dawn FM, specifically Less Than Zero, one of my f- I, if it is my favorite Weeknd song, even though he's got so many great hits. It's a great track, honestly. I was not expecting. I I really like Dawn FM. I am a mm-hmm. very base level weekend listener. I mm-hmm. like After Hours. Um, I really started listening to him during Starboy because Daft yeah. Punk did the production on that. One of our, mm-hmm. uh, you and me are one of our favorite artists when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember listening to that song for the first time and just being really wowed by it. The use of acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. since it's a very it's a deceiving song it's very upbeat but yeah. the lyrics are really dark and they mm-hmm. are really sad and that's something that i i love in songs is being deceived something that's really happy in tone mm-hmm. but then you know the the lyrics the underbelly of it yeah 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 it's it's something else and you know i Got introduced to the weekend actually uh, from Fifty Shades of Grey, not not the movie. I've never seen the movie, mm-hmm. but um, what Fifty Shades of Grey, the first one. Uh, you know, there's the uh, what's it called? The song uh, worth it, worth it. Yeah, worth yes. it. Yes, yeah. Um, and from th- that that blew up beyond belief, and from there is when I uh, when I found the weekend, and yeah. since then, I mean, Starboy, I with Daft Punk. Mm-hmm beautiful yeah um but yeah that's my number five less than zero 
by the weekend. Nice. Uh, Gabe, what's your number four? My number four song. Again, I had to dig deep. And I'm going to tell you right now, this kind of breaks my rule because Mm -hmm. the last two albums of this particular artist, I'm not the biggest fan of. I like certain songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But this album in particular is one of my favorites. Um, And the artist I chose was Elliot Smith. In particular, his song, Ballad of Big Nothing, off of his 1997 smash album. I mean, literally, I think when you think Elliot Smith, um, I mean, uh, the following album, XO, uh, had one of his big hit singles on it. But to me, this is the antithesis of Elliot Smith. This is, if if I were to show you, if I were to tell you, you need to go listen to one Elliot Smith album, it's going to be Either Or. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was the second single released from Either Or. Um, it is lyrically, um, it's ironic, it's self-deprecating, it's nihilistic. Um, and that's a lot of what Elliot writes about. He had a very screwed up life. Um, you can go look it up. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody who might potentially be listening, but you know, trigger warning. He, he had a very messed up life. He had a very messed up childhood. Um, he unfortunately died very young. Uh, and he, his last album came out 2005, I believe. Um, but, uh, figure eight, that's the, the last album that he came out with. Then they had a, uh, a posthumous release, uh, after that. Um, I don't think I said posthumous. I don't know how to, I can't speak. I have dyslexia. Okay. I can't do this. All right. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't talk like that, but, um, this song in particular, uh, it's about a disenchanted drug addict. Okay. It's about somebody who does not care. They have, they have lost themselves into drugs. I'm not a drug addict, all right, but I I love self-deprecating humor, lyrics. I love I'm I'm not a nihilist, but in music, uh nihilism can be great, especially when you're sad. Mm-hmm. Um and normally, especially uh during this time of year when the sun starts to go away, uh I definitely like to whip this album out. Um but one of my favorite lyrics from the song uh is basically it's in the uh the chorus it's the main chorus of the song it's you can do what you want to whenever you want to um it it doesn't matter like nothing matters in this song this guy who who's being depicted in the song it doesn't matter what they do they've just they've thrown their life away to drugs mm-hmm. um you know and not that i felt like i've thrown my life away because i i'm i would say i'm pretty happy right now um but you know there are points in my life where I've, and I think everybody can relate to this too, where you possibly think that you've maybe wasted your life doing something like your life is the big nothing. You know, you mm-hmm. are the ballad of big nothing. Um, and sometimes that's how, you know, that's how I felt in the past. Mm-hmm. Right now, not the case. Um, but, you know, I, and that's it, that it touches me on that level too. Um, but yeah, I love uh, this song. Um, it's one of my favorites on the album. Uh, and it was very easy for me to pick too, uh, because I think Elliot Smith, he is known, but I don't think he's known enough. I think more people should be talking about him. I think people should be talking about him as much as they talk about Nirvana. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about Elliot Smith. Um, Mm -hmm. hearing the song for the first time was, uh, um, was new to me. Uh, never heard it of him before i mean i've heard of him i just never really heard his voice and and what, what's your like honest that. opinion as somebody who's i mean I, you might have I heard like an it. it's, song but he's got a he's got a nice voice and the song is very it's got a very simple arrangement that's what i appreciated yeah. most about it and the nice uh 
the nice uh, guitar uh yeah opening solo yeah um but uh, yeah it seemed really really nice it's got some good lyrics uh very meaningful in um, a similar way to less than zero mm-hmm. it's upbeat. yeah especially it's with really the, happy uh, upbeat and it's got yeah. this, you know it's got the acoustic guitar in there yeah but underneath is just this layer of like this is a song about somebody who has completely wasted their life yeah and is probably going to die on the streets something like mm-hmm. that so, but yeah, no, uh, Ballad of Big Nothing is in my number four spot. Jesse, what is in your number four spot on this list? All right. So this is probably not going to surprise anyone who knows me. Okay. But my number four is Joe. That's D-J-O for everyone listening. All and right. the yeah. song is Roddy. Ah, it is, okay. It is his first single mm-hmm. ever to come out. Yep. It was released July 19th, nine, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of you may have heard of the little show called Stranger Things. And uh, Never heard of it. No? Oh, okay. So it's this Netflix show, right? Okay. And uh, anyway, um, there's this actor on the show. His name is Joe Keery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Steve Harrington. And one day I was just scrolling through my Instagram feed, with, uh, and I saw this cryptic post and it was just like this beautiful like breakdown in in a song. I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then a couple of days later, I found out that he released a song under this name Joe. And since then, I've I've loved his music. Um, about two months after this song came out, um, he dropped his album, his first album, Twenty Twenty. Um, one of my favorite albums of all time. People might think it's strange to say like one of your one of these new songs that's like by an artist is like one of your favorite, but he's got quality stuff. Uh, I just can't say enough about his music uh, because, you know, we're going to eventually talk about actors that have music careers and a lot of them aren't that great. Yeah. Spoiler spoiler alert. A lot of them aren't that great. A lot of them are. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Jeremy <What>? Renner. <laughs> Guys, whatever you do, do not look up the song Main Attraction by Jeremy Renner. Unless <laughs> unless that's your thing, I'm not bashing you, but just saying, yeah. uh yeah. No. Well. <laughs> there are a lot of actors out there who definitely have not great music careers, and there's some who actually do have uh actually really cool music careers. Uh Gabe, I think you could I think you could agree with me though. Joe is is up there with one of the best, hopefully. Right? Yeah. Uh, of, yeah. No, I think I careers. think out of actors with music careers, and not the other way around, not music artists who became actors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Out of actors who have music careers uh, outside of their acting, um, I think Joe is one of the best for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Um, I I love Roddy too, man. It's such a it was a great I, single. I remember it blew me away when it came out, dude. I remember um, I remember playing it for you for the first time. Do you remember what we were doing? Because I do. I think we were driving, right? We were, we were in the so we were, you picked we were in me your up. Car? You okay. picked me up, and we yeah. went. We were going to Buffalo Wild Wings with oh, uh with the rest of the crew. Okay, and I I was just like Gabe, I gotta show you this song. It's pretty dope, and you're like, okay, well, like, what is it? And I said, oh, I'll tell you later, and then. We play the song. It's got the great opening, right? Your guess, you're trying to guess who it was. Yeah. And then the breakdown happens, and you're like, "Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god!" 
And then you, you freaked out of the song and it got me super excited because I was like, oh, my God, like, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And then uh, and then you were like, who is this? And I told you. And like, I just saw like your like your mind kind of like explode. You're like, oh, my God, this is him. It was a mind blowing moment because that breakdown, the second mm-hmm. part of Roddy is so good. It yeah. is. It's so awesome because the song is like, you know, it takes like a traditional kind of like indie bedroom pop. Mm-hmm. uh indie rock kind of like you know like I, i'm trying to explain it but um it's it's a little traditional it's not bad it's it's really good uh the instrumentation the guitars um you know everything the writing is really great but the mm-hmm. breakdown when the song just switches up is absolutely it really blows your mind every yeah. single like if you, if i could go back and listen to it for the first time again yeah oh, i would cherish that moment i still cherish that moment yeah. Um. But I'm super excited because uh his new album after like three years, it's called Decide. Mm-hmm. It's coming out next week. Oh, or boy. actually this week. Um, yes. Yes. When this yes. episode drops, uh, it comes out on Friday, September 16th. Um, pretty good so far. They just released another single. Um, I I really just can't wait. Uh, I was supposed to go see him uh this coming weekend, uh, but he canceled his tour. Well, if you remember, Jesse, um, we did see him. We are. We, di- we did see him, though. We d- <laughs> we're maybe one of a few. Like, I would have to guess less than a thousand people. Well, he did do a lot of uh, festivals couple, this summer. He did summer. a couple music festivals. Okay, fair enough. So but he still, did Lollapalooza. We saw, so. like, his second live performance when yeah. he played. I have the poster on my wall in my me office too. next to me uh at uh was it uh williams hall uh williamsburg hall in brooklyn yep it was uh, december 11th if i'm not mistaken yes uh it was no uh yeah it was actually it was december 11th i i just moved to pennsylvania mm-hmm. i live in pa uh i moved i drove out back from pa uh to new york and i slept on an air mattress in your house and we yep. went to go see the show with kyle at a winter and it was the last show we saw right before the shutdown too yep um, yep. But no, that was a great show. It's a great moment. I love. We were Ronnie right. Too. We were right up front. We were right up front for that show, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, we were right. Uh, we got barricade, which was sick. And we uh, met. We met our friend uh, Kelly. Yeah, she's probably not listening. But hey, Kelly, if you're listening, it was yeah. good to meet you then. Yeah, Kelly. Uh, thank you. I got a little drunk, and definitely uh, did a little raving uh, for yeah. Big Shrimp, who was the opener. Yeah, uh, he was danced good. a little bit. It was great. That was, was uh, that's fun. his uh that's Joe's friend uh Jake Her- Herschelland, I think is his name. Oh, okay. Uh he he's that. part of Post Animal. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Love and that. Joe was also uh, for people who don't know Post Animal, uh an alternative rock band. Um Joe was a part of uh of their band for a very long time until Stranger Things came out and he wanted to like separate himself uh instead of just being like the Stranger Things guys band. It's still Post Animal. And uh, that's why he went off and did uh, the Joe Project. I never knew that. That's yeah. so humble. I yeah. mean, that's sad because, yeah, that's how it would have been. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Post Animal's a great band, and they can stand they on their own, you know. Um, but I didn't know that. That's actually mm-hmm. – that's fascinating. I, I Honestly, I, I already thought Joe Curie was a great guy, but uh, definitely that that bumps him up on my list. That's – that's not an easy thing to do to walk away from something you love like that with your friends. Yeah, it's that's not easy. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's that's really that's good. Good guy, Joe Keery. We love Joe Keery. We love Joe. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's my number four. So, uh, what do you got next, buddy? 
Oh, my number three spot. Um, well, there's this little band uh, that I discovered in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. Uh, they're unabashedly, I, I would say they're in my top three bands of all time, and that's probably why they're in the number third spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little band. There's this front man. His name's Joshua Hami. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's the front man of Queens of the Stone Age, which is my third artist. Specifically, I chose, if only, off of Queens of the Stone Age 1998 self-titled album. One of the best self-titled debuts. Now, a little bit about Josh Homme for you, for those who don't know. He was actually uh, the guitarist in a little-known band called Caius. You might know them as kind of like the godfathers of stoner rock, uh, amongst other bands. Um, And after Caius broke up in the mid-90s, Josh split off, uh, and he actually started a band originally called Gamma Ray. Uh, and If Only was originally called If Only Everything. There is an alternate version of this song, the OG version of it, that's on a split uh, EP. It's called the Gamma Ray EP. Is it, on, um, is it streaming? It's. I don't think it's on streaming. There's a lot of Queens of the Stone Age deep cuts that are not on streaming. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say this is a deep cut, although it's not played live. I wish it was played live more often by Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is on YouTube. I highly recommend you go up and you listen to it. It is it is a different song. Uh, you can definitely hear uh, what was kept and what was changed, but it's really cool to hear kind of like this proto version of If Only. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Josh was sued by a German band, also known as Gamma Ray, so he decided to change the name to Queens of the Stone Age, and the rest is history. Um, in terms of lyrics, uh, I have no idea what the song is about, other than that it's like vaguely drug-related, which mm-hmm. is like... 90% of uh, Queens of the Stone Age's uh, lyrics, um, which I love. Um, and, and why I chose it is this is a great album. It's got a bunch of great songs on it. Um, you have the opener, Regular John. You have Avon. Uh, you have Walking on the Sidewalks. You have uh, Mexicola. Uh, a, a lesson in, uh, what's it? How to Handle a Rope, a lesson in Lariat. Uh, you Can't Quit Me Baby, which was the song that I was about to choose. But in the back of my head, um, this song is my favorite off this album. Uh, it's driving. It's sexy. Josh Homme's so good at doing that, at making you dance. This guitar, mm-hmm. it, the way that the guitar goes, it's almost like Stooges-like. Um, the Stooges, almost like I Want to Be Your Dog. Um, it has this tambourine drum combo. The drums are so tight. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it's not the strongest lyrical Queens of the Stone Age song, um, but in terms of how it makes me feel, every time I put it on, I just want to get up and fucking boogie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I, I love, I love If Only. I love Queens of the Stone Age self-titled. Controversially, I'm going to say it, I love it more than Songs for the Deaf. I know Songs for the Deaf is like their magnum opus. Yeah, I, I love I Songs for the Deaf. But I, I think uh, the self-titled is one of their best albums. It's a, it's a good album. It's a good album. I, I I don't know. I just I'm so attached to to songs. It's it's such a beautiful album. It's yeah. so good. Uh, this this song in particular, if only they really should play this live. They they should. I do they play? I see. I didn't go uh, with you guys to see Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Do they play anything off the first album? So, I've seen Queens live twice. Uh, me and our friend Dylan. Uh, 
I dragged him with me to MSG uh, when they were doing the Villains Tour back in 2017, and mm-hmm. they did Mexicola. Uh, okay. That was the only one they did. And then when we went to Rochester, me, Dylan, Mike, and Hunter in 2018 at the kind of like tail end of the Villains Tour, they went mm-hmm. to Rochester, and I was like, screw it. I want to go up. I want to go see them. They sound checked regular John. We got there like six hours early because I want a barricade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a really funny story about that show. I had one of the worst bouts of food poisoning or I had like a stomach bug uh-huh. that practically ruined that trip. And I was on death's door. I went into <laughs> a Chinese food restaurant right up the street from this venue in Rochester. And I just casually walked in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very busy. It is a yeah. Friday uh, afternoon uh, filled with a bunch of uh, old and middle aged white people and their families. Yeah. Um, I go into this bathroom and <laughs> I do things that can only be described <laughs> as crimes against humanity. I'm sure. And I didn't even order any food. It was That's I, horrifying. It, it was so bad. We got <laughs> we tried to get hot dogs earlier in the day uh-huh. and I I really wanted to get a garbage plate because it's Rochester and that's what they're famous for. They're famous for this thing called the garbage plate. Look it up. Mm-hmm. All right. It looks really tasty. I love food. All right. I couldn't even do that. I was just like kind of like nauseous and I was having like diarrhea the entire time, TMI, but whatever, you know, like uh and yeah, uh Thanks. and I nearly died uh waiting in line for that show. Um there's a very sassy security guard. <laughs> that gave dylan shit for Mm -hmm. bringing gum in and was about to kick his ass off the line Mm -hmm. uh over his gum in his headphones but uh it it was a great show they put on they're great live i hope they they go on tour uh again i would love to see them i would Um, love to see them for sure when they go on tour we're gonna go um i will go to every date that's on the east coast Mm -hmm. um they recently josh put out a new song although it's not confirmed if it's a queens of the stone age song it's credited as being one um but it's called uh black and blue is the best i can do and it's off of the uh anthony bourdain uh documentary about the late anthony bourdain called roadrunner it plays at the end of the movie it is awesome it is a sick track it's like a return to form for queens of the stone age Mm-hmm. I love Villains. I think Villains is a great album. I don't think Queens of the Stone Age has a bad album. That's another thing that makes them one of my best, my favorite bands. But um, Villains is not their strongest. It's definitely their weakest album. It is a change up. I think it is still really good, though. Uh, but this is like a return to form for like, it sounded to me like a little bit like um, Era Vulgaris, like uh, even a little earlier, like. I don't want to say rated R, but like I'm talking like 2005, 2007 Queens, which for some people isn't strong era for them either. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was like, this song is awesome. It's not on streaming either. You can look it up on YouTube. Black and blue is the best I can do. But yeah, love Queens of the Stone Age. I love If Only. Mm-hmm. Jesse, with that being said, okay, my number three out of the way. What is your number three, my friend? Well, I just, I, I also want to add. Oh, okay. Thank yes, you. Please. Thank you to you. Yes. Uh, I was introduced to Josh Hami in a different way. You showed me uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, oh my God. Yes, Eagles of Death Metal. Which I love them. You they... know, I'm amazed they're not on this list, right? You no. didn't put Eagles of Death no. Metal on here? They're, I didn't they're even a great think about band. that. They they're, are great. Uh, uh, Josh and Jesse, 
Yeah. Uh, Boots Electric and uh, and uh, Duck. Uh, what's his name? What is Josh's? Ah, uh, Baby Duck. Baby Duck. Yeah. We got barricade for them too. They were great. We did. Josh wasn't there, but no, um, Josh was not there. But Jesse, he puts on one hell of a show. Jesse, oh, he's, he's a he's great, a great showman. But anyway, yes, your number third song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesse. No, no, My you're apologies. good. You're good. But your what is your number three song on this? It list? is Benny and the Jets by Elton John. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yep, that is we're, that. What a selection. What a yep. what a song. What it's song? it's uh, it's probably his most beloved song amongst the, just pop culture and you know people who know Elton John. You'd, you'd say you really but over I, I, I think over so. Rocket are, Man or or even you know like what? um maybe I think Rocket, Rocket Man. Man. Yeah, I would maybe think Rocket but Man. I feel is like his... those two kind of go are are both his like two biggest and maybe Crocodile Rock. But anyway, okay. Um. Benny and the Jets, one of yes. my favorite Elton John songs, released in 1973, mm-hmm. uh, off the album "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." Yes, uh, which is also the name of a song on the album, and it's a magnificent song as well. Um, ah, there's nothing, there's nothing I can't say about this song. It, I have a vivid memory uh, as a kid uh, hearing this song in. This is gonna, this is really weird, but in the movie. Uh, 27 dresses i don't know if you've ever heard of that i I, i've heard of it i don't think i've ever seen it though okay there is a personally to me it's like an iconic scene of uh the main characters are in a bar and they hear the song and there's the the girls are saying the wrong words and then they get up onto the you know they make the whole bar dance to benny and the jets okay always always picture that in my mind like being in a bar and kind of getting everybody to sing Benny the Jets with me but the song it's got it's a it's about like greed and the glitz of the 70s like the music scene in the 70s and uh we uh some of you may know uh Bernie Tupin or Tappen however you want to say it yes uh he's Elton John's like co-writer of all Mm -hmm. his lyrics um he kind of described that that Benny is the leader of this band right uh, and he basically describes her uh, her like flashy wardrobe. Yeah. And that's when he that's uh, the lyrics. She's got electric boots and a mm-hmm. mohair suit. Yes. Now, I don't know what a mohair suit looks like. I should have looked it up. Yeah, you should have but... looked it up. I have no idea what a mohair suit is. I'm going to imagine it's something. When did this song come up? 70s, right? Something really flashy. Yeah, that's... it's got to be something really flashy. I'm thinking with a deep V-neck. Mm hmm. Uh, something like that, but um, but it's it's it, this song is actually ranked uh, three hundred and seventy one out of five hundred on uh, Rolling Stone's like greatest songs of all time list. Should be higher. Should be higher. It should be but, way higher. I mean, think about all the songs that come out since God knows when. Three three seventy one out of five hundred. It's not that bad. Personally, you know? uh, next to Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite Elton John song, and I'm very happy that this uh, is what you chose. You could have chosen a bunch of Elton John songs. Yeah, yeah. I I half expected you uh, to choose Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised that you, you chose something off of it, but I'm glad that you chose Benny and the Jets. I love Benny and the Jets so yeah. much. I, I, I want to shout out um, 
I want to shout out the uh, the album. Uh, I'm getting a I'm drawing a blank now. It's okay. Uh, the Captain Fantastic and the Dirt Brown Cowboy. Yes. You you know that album, right? I do. I do. That's okay. like isn't that like the spiritual successor to? It's kind of like the sequel album. Yeah, ish. It's it's the uh, it's the second album after Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that album's such a such an amazing album too. Uh, it's got Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the the cover of a Beatles song. Yep. Um, and it's got Philadelphia Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Elton John is uh is one of my favorite artists of all time with Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jets is an iconic song. Um, it is that piano. That, yep, the piano. The, the piano, piano. The way Elton John. Elton John is one of the best mm-hmm. piano players of all time, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. and just that song alone, that always, that just that opening, done, 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 lives forever in my head. It is, I'm very, I'm so glad you picked that. It's yeah. such a, it is, it, it's, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd say it's a lot of people's first choice. For an Elton John All song, right. it definitely would have been mine, though. I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, but it's actually uh, it's funny that you say that um, because that will relate to my next song, Jesse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Well, for my number two song, um, I chose a man, a myth, a legend. We're gonna go back here because a lot of music I'm talking about is more modern-ish, mm-hmm. you know, '90s into the uh, 2000s, 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is more classic rock. Um, I chose David Bowie. Um, Not surprising. I, I love David Bowie. Anybody who knows me knows that I love David Bowie. Uh, I think that he is one of the most influential uh, and important musicians who ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh, in in specifically, um, I chose Starman in my oh. number two spot. Off of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, beautiful. Uh, his seminal 1972 album, an album that has shook the earth, that has changed the waves of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I'm not understating that. All right, uh, this song is cited as a major influence in the creation of glam rock. Okay, mm-hmm. when David Bowie went full glam rock, uh, and it, this was actually his first major hit. Uh, since Space Oddity, which was like his number one song yeah. that kind of propelled I'm him. I'm surprised you didn't pick that song. No. You know, I like Space Oddity. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good song. Um, I think it's a little overplayed. Um, mm-hmm. it it's is. It is a good song. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really good. I love the kind of like breakdown at the end of it where it gets very cosmic. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics. Um, I actually love there's... Uh, it's kind of almost like a sequel song to it. It's called Ashes to Ashes. Uh, it's off of uh, Scary Monsters and Nice Things, which was, it's an album way later down in the discography. Uh, but I love, uh, there's a line off that song that's really great. Uh, ashes to Ashes, Funk to Funky, We Know Major Tom's a Junkie. Uh, oh, it's, cool. it's like the sequel to mm-hmm. Space Oddity, kind of catching up with Major Tom down the line. The music video is also super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh, I love the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. Uh, there were a number of songs I could have chosen off this album. Moon Age Daydream uh, being one Moon of Moon Age Daydream, yes, is a great song. 
but this Suffragette when, City. When we were putting this list together, this was the first song that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my favorite David Bowie song by a mile, and I love most of what this man has done from mm-hmm. even some of his uh, stuff that's not so great. Um, you know, and it's funny that you said it's actually it's really funny. It occurred to me when you were talking about uh, how Bernie uh, Taupin wrote Benny as this, uh, you know, uh, leader of a band, because mm-hmm. as most people know, uh, Ziggy Stardust uh, is a concept album and Ziggy Stardust is the leader of a band called the Spiders from Mars. Um mm-hmm. I could have chosen the song Ziggy Stardust. Uh, that was probably my second behind Starman. Uh, but Starman, it's a happy song. It is a hopeful song. It is a song in the middle of an album that is all. If you if you read lyrically, I wrote uh, in in I had a class in college uh, about the history of rock, and our final was to write an essay about one of our favorite albums. And I wrote an essay about this album. And I did a deep dive into the lyrics, into the background of it. And I could tell you right now, this is the happiest song on this album, <laughs> because if you read the lyrics from the rest of the album, it is kind of sad, especially how the album ends. Spoilers. Ziggy's fans kill him. The last oh. song is called Rock and Roll Suicide, mm-hmm. and he gets teared. He gets literally ripped apart on stage mm-hmm. by his fans. Uh, it is. I love that. It's an excellent song. It's it. That, that's also a great song. But Starman's the happiest song. It's hopeful. It makes me. It makes me feel like a small child. It makes me feel that you know the wondrous. Lyrics, uh, it's very there's wondrous. a star man. Exactly, it's very wondrous. There is a star man waiting in the sky. Okay, yeah. like it makes me. It 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 reminds me of man. Oh God, I should have looked this up. There is a great movie. I think it has Kurt Russell in it, where he plays an alien um, who has come to Earth, uh, and he took the body of somebody, and he's living. I. I want to say the movie is called Starman, but please don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of almost reminds me that it's just about it, it, it's about I would say it's a hopeful song. It's a hopeful tune. It's like, you know, we have discovered this otherworldly being, you know, um, which, you know, in, in this day and age might be the one thing that could unify us uh, on the planet is discovering alien life. Uh, and yeah, you know, I don't really have much more to say about it other than that. I love this song. Uh, it's a karaoke track for me. I would, it, you know what? It yeah. was also used really great in the recent trailer for uh, for Disney Pixar's Lightyear. Yes, yes, um, wholeheartedly agree. Oh my god! When I I for I first that I saw that trailer first in the in the Dolby theater, mm-hmm. and when uh, just the way they like remixed the song to kind of have less uh, less instrumental elements and more just the, the lyrics yep it, it really like it almost brought like a, a nice like tear to the eye of like how emotional it is especially with the story of buzz lightyear like how they represent it in the movie yeah but the song really hit super hard and every time i would go to the movies and they would play it i would just get the chills every time i'd hear that song and you know it's such a great choice especially surrounding the themes of that movie it is a song about exploration mm-hmm. it's a song about uh, about you know the wonder of space you know space can be a spare, scary place my girlfriend doesn't like space i love yeah. space i think space space, is cool. space the final frontier okay like they say in star trek it is the final frontier 
it is expansive. It's scary, but it's also wondrous. It's beautiful. I think Starman captures that. It captures some of that wonder, especially uh, in like because the the song is really from the perspective of like two kids who find the Starman. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and I think it definitely it's it, it it's it's about the future. It's about the wonders of space. Um, it's about the Starman. You know, Starman. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add, Jesse? Because I, I keep feeling like I cut you off every time. No, but... no, no. You're good, man. Okay. I, I, I tried looking up the movie for you. I can't find it. Uh, you know, I will look it up, and when we when we reconvene next week, mm-hmm. uh, I will have it for you, and I will we will be able to talk about it because I know there is yeah. a movie that's like that, and I'll have to look the, it. up. The thing I want to say about uh, Bowie mm-hmm. is is two words. Yes. Under pressure. Yes, I that is my favorite song, and I know that's a Queen and Bowie thing. Yes, uh, on a Queen album, but when I think of David Bowie, I think of that song. Well, and... You want to know the the story behind that song? Yeah, sure, tell me. Um, so Queen, I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. Uh, I might be wrong, but I I'm pretty sure uh, Queen realized uh, that making their songs in England at the time was costing mm-hmm. them way too much money in taxes. They were having to pay a lot of taxes. And when you're a rich person, okay, you don't like paying taxes. Nope. As we've known, excuse me, I'm just I'm just adjusting here in my chair. Um, So, uh, Freddie Mercury was good friends with David Bowie, and David Bowie offered uh, for them to come out to his uh, studio, I think it is in France, to record away from the English government so they don't have to pay uh taxes and I'm pretty right. sure I don't I don't know what they were both working on albums at the time I think this was during the low trilogy for Bowie but at some point they crossed over in the studio mm-hmm. and this is how we got under pressure which I agree is a Bowie classic and then let us not forget Jesse that the that it, it was uh how you say Borrowed by a nice man called Vanilla Ice <laughs> for wait, a song. Wait, Vanilla Ice from uh, from that one movie? From are uh, you talking about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two? Yeah, yeah. The Rise of Shredder or whatever it is. Uh, the 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 ooze. The secret of the ooze. The secret of the ooze. Yes, go ninja, go ninja, go. Yes, that very own Vanilla Ice. Um, but that a lot of people know that story. I don't want to get into that. Uh, great, yeah. great. Uh mishap of the 90s uh, and the cool sampling. and the and the really good classic movie uh, uh vanilla ice cool as ice cool as ice yes vanilla that's a great ice. movie too and vanilla ice of uh vanilla ice makes amish furniture look it up it's a real thing he had a show where he's an interior <laughs> decorator i'm not kidding about I that i feel bad for those people who bought uh, furniture from <laughs> oh, i feel bad for the people who went out of their way for amish furniture <laughs> one, one fat ass is gonna sit on a chair and fall yeah, imagine you buy a piece of Amish furniture that's made by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, yeah, man. This has nothing to do with David Bowie, but I it love it. It has nothing to do with David Bowie, but we're so far removed. But yeah, man. Starman <laughs> is in my number two spot. I love it. Jesse, it's your turn. What is in your number two spot? It is the classic Lonely Boy by the Black Keys. Amazing choice. Yes, sir. Uh, it's their lead record, uh, their lead single off the the record El Camino from 2011. Yes. yes. 
ah, that song. It's got such a a a nice meaning to it, you know. Mm-hmm. He's it's a it's about a a man who uh, sees himself better than this girl that he that he's uh, falling in love with, but she doesn't show she doesn't ever show him any interest. But the thing is, he keeps going after her. He keeps wanting her. He doesn't know why, but he he just keeps falling for her. Yeah. And the song won uh won them won the Black Keys for best rock performance mm. um, at the Grammys and and also best rock song, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, they were also nominated for for another a Grammy that year for the song, but I I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, but man. the Black There's... Keys. Oh God! Off of El Camino, because uh, I'm yeah. getting it confused with Brothers, because those two albums have like their their hits, yeah, on it. Um, but anyway, as we, you were saying, I was spo- I was supposed to see them uh, at Jones Beach uh, in August of 2020. Okay. Now, uh, for people who don't know uh, or live under rocks, um, there was this little thing called the pandemic that happened, and uh, I bought my tickets in I want to say. Maybe January of 2020. Oh yeah, um, spent like 180 dollars on on one ticket. Uh, mm. I got I got two other tickets for a few of my other friends, and uh, I was devastated when uh, they canceled the show. Obviously, every everything went to shit, um, so I couldn't feel too bad. But uh, yeah, I was supposed to see them then, and then I wanted to see them again this summer. Um, but instead of seeing them, I saw Paul McCartney. Uh, I spent like two hundred dollars on Paul McCartney. I gotta um, be real. Gotta be real, Jesse. What love the Black Keys, but Paul McCartney is well. More Paul McCartney's of... the better choice to go see yeah, live, absolutely. especially you never know uh, he's getting older, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Black Keys. This is my favorite song by the Black Keys, especially mm-hmm. with that rock solid opening. Yeah. Um, but my favorite album is actually Let's Rock, which is one of their newer albums. It's uh, from 2019, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I could listen to that whole album front to back, and it's a it's a beautiful album. But uh, I think Lonely Boy is uh, it, the the meaning of the song. Also, uh, is what gets me to love it even more. Yeah. Um. So, what do you what do you have to say about uh, Lonely Boy? <sighs> well, first of all, I just wanted to speak on Let's Rock. Um, listen, mm-hmm. it's a decent album. It's a decent record, but for me, I love the Black Keys. I think they're great. I think Dan mm-hmm. Auerbach and uh, Patrick Carney. Patrick Patrick Carney, who I once saw live uh, in person, um, he was <laughs> walking out of Webster Hall uh, because his uh, wife uh, Michelle something I can't remember uh, was having a show. Uh, me and Dylan went to go see Declan McKenna in the basement of uh, uh, Webster Hall, and uh, we saw Patrick Carney in the street. And I shouted out, "Is wait, is that Patrick Carney?" And he is tall. He's a tall individual. <laughs> yeah, he's and he tall. turned and looked at me, and then like as soon as other people started looking at him, hightailed it down the opposite side of the street, going away. Um, but uh, let's rock. Uh, not my. I'm not a huge fan of that album. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like pepsi commercial music like the second half of it oh how dare but you but we're not talking about let's rock we're talking about lonely boy lonely boy 
uh el camino is a great record uh lonely boy is a great song although sometimes i feel it's a little overplayed uh it's used in a it was used in a lot of movie trailers a lot of movie trailers was it really i think so yeah I've um, never heard it in any movie trailer. It was definitely used. I could tell you right off the top of my head, it was used in the movie trailer for Dark Shadows. Um, I oh. remember that they. Yeah, used I never it. saw that movie. Yeah, uh, the Donnie the the Donnie Jep. <laughs> 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 no, the Johnny Depp uh, lead is the remake of an old TV show uh, where mm-hmm. he played a vampire, the head of this family, the Collins. Yeah, family. Um, but yeah, no, I I love Lonely Boy. I think Lonely Boy is a great song. It is. It's such a solid track. Um, I love the chorus. Uh, Dan Auerbach does great harmonies. Um, and even though uh the Black Keys have added a little more instrumentation, because if you've listened to the early Black Keys, it was just Auerbach and Carney. Yeah, it was just the two of them. Uh, and I love uh a lot of their earlier work uh rubber factory is probably my favorite black keys album it has a bunch of great songs on there Mm -hmm. uh especially for a two-person rock band they're one of the best two-person rock groups out there or were because now they have a bigger band but you know that's that happens that's the evolution of things yeah i think on el camino as well if i'm not mistaken there's an opening track i'm pretty sure it's the first track it's little black submarines no that's actually uh four is That's that the fourth track? I yeah, no, Lonely Lonely Boy is actually the opening track. I do love Little Black Submarines. Uh, yeah, when me, Mike, and Dylan uh, did music together uh, many many moons ago, uh, and we did a little show called Summer Jam in your backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you'll remember, we opened with Little Black Submarines. I, I do remember that. Dylan yeah, threw that me was, onto that song. It was that was a great that was a great uh, opening for yeah, you guys. No, uh, also Gold on the Ceiling is on that album. That's is, another great song. I thought Gold on the Ceiling was on. Um, brothers nope no gold on the ceilings on el camino is on el camino too yeah gold mm-hmm. on the ceiling is howling for you on brothers then or is that yes also howling okay. for you is on- howling for- okay because i got confused i thought those two were on the same but gold on the ceiling is a great track as well yeah. um although i would say that that's that might be a little more overplayed than lonely boy it has that and album they, has all their hits on it and so. they uh they they did a a 10th anniversary uh release uh for el camino yes it's it's actually really sick. They got a bunch of uh, live performances. Uh, I think BBC sessions. Oh, like what? Like John Peel sessions or? Um, I'm not sure. I know it. I know it says uh, BBC. Okay, I'm sessions. gonna have to check that out. That sounds that sounds it's, really cool. It's really cool. I th- yeah. think yeah. There's like there's like a I think it's like a three hour long like full like album. Oh, it's wow. got it's got like fifty something songs on it. It's yeah. really cool. That's awesome. Um, but, I, uh, uh, yeah, man, I really, I, I, I got to check that out. I haven't listened to the Black Keys in a little bit. Um, definitely kind of fell off the radar. I know they've been, they've been pumping out more albums, but none of them have really interested me. But mm-hmm. definitely might have to go check out that 10th anniversary release of El Camino. So yeah, I, I wish, will say, what you can you start? Well, I was gonna say I wish bands would tour albums more. Like Modest Mouse just announced, and I'm gonna hopefully be going to this. Uh, they're doing a 25th anniversary tour for their probably their best record, uh, the Lonesome Crowded West. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish more bands would do something like that. You know, if you're going to celebrate, you're going to put out a like a box set. You should go tour that album. You know, like you should go tour the whole record. I don't know yeah. if Black Keys did that. I'm not sure. Um, 
I I feel like that would be up their wheelhouse to do, especially because that record is really significant. I would say in their discography and to their careers. Mm. But no, um, they 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 didn't they didn't tour. Uh, they didn't re uh, re tour because mm. uh, El Camino. Yeah, they did. Uh, they just dropped an album uh, this summer, this past summer. Yeah, Dropout uh, Boogie. Dropout Boogie. It's yeah. all right. It's not the greatest. Yeah, um, haven't haven't listened to it. Not it's, really. Yeah, interested, it's. But. I don't think they'll have any number ones off of it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. They they did release last year uh, a little cover album called Delta Cream. I did see that. Uh, I didn't really know it was a cover album though. It's a cover album. Okay. Um. All all like blues songs. Okay. Really like er, like, like much earlier Black like, Keys, which I they like, have a couple of really good covers. All these songs are like mad old yeah and really really interesting to hear mm-hmm. um because it's very it's very simple yeah it's it's all very simple and the first song uh actually uh it's called crawling king snake it is it is i think like a seven or eight minute song of them just jamming oh that's sick i love that yeah it's great yeah. i gotta check um, that out too definitely check that out well it is that time gabe what is your number one? My number one song. Uh, it wasn't hard to pick. It was in a little bit. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not going to cut around the bush too much. I chose Radiohead. Mm-hmm. As many people will know me, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I love Radiohead. My dad listened to Radiohead when I was younger. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. And then when I was in like college, I listened to it. And I was like, where has this been all my life? Uh, a lot of people know Radiohead as the creep band they are one of those rare cases man they had a huge massive hit in the 90s and they did not burn out they didn't burn out they didn't get caught under that weight uh they 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 did they they just grew they got bigger and um the song i chose in particular is a song called house of cards and it's off of uh the year their 2007 album in rainbows uh which i would say is my favorite radiohead album uh it is it's just it's a non-stop bop after bop after bop after bop and i will say this radiohead is another band that is an instance for me where they don't have a bad record i used to think that they have a bad record but even their first album that has creep on it has really good tracks on it you know, I wouldn't say there is a they have a particular like they have. I would say, you know, maybe their debut is like their weakest, um, you know, and then they just got better and better over time. But there's no, I wouldn't say there's a bad Radiohead album at all. I think mm-hmm. Radiohead makes great records. That being said, and again, controversial opinion, because Radiohead came out with an album that maybe some people might have heard of. It's called OK Computer. It's listed as the most important album of the 90s i don't agree uh as much as i love radiohead i want to say that the most important album of the 90s is Nevermind. um but uh it is a great album okay computer but in rainbows to me um it's like the antithesis of all the things that they were doing beforehand um where after okay computer they did a full jump uh, into electronic music and like a, just a full 180. And instead of doing an, uh, an okay computer follow-up, they came out with kid a, and then the following year they came out with basically like the kid a B sides amnesiac the following, uh, couple of years, they came out with, uh, an album that was very politically charged, 
uh, Hail to the Thief, and it was kind of like a mixture of rock and electronica, but they didn't quite hit the stride on there. It's a great album, but In Rainbows is like the perfect intermarriage of everything that Radiohead was doing uh, over those years, over that, like, I would say that, like, uh, six to seven year span. Um, fun fact about this album, uh, this is an album that pioneered pay what you want music. Um, radio had decided to put this album out on their website by themselves. I'm pretty sure their contract with, I think it was EMI, uh, was up Mm -hmm. and they put this album out and, uh, they basically put it on their website and they said, pay what you want, pay a dollar, pay a hundred dollars. And I'm pretty sure it's one of their best-selling albums because of that. They did really well from for themselves. Uh, and, you know, now pay what you want music is not uncommon. Uh, you can do that on Bandcamp for a lot of independent artists. Uh, that is an option to do. Pay what you want for music. This one time at Bandcamp? Yeah, this one kind of Bandcamp. Uh, no, Bandcamp, like the website. Um, but, yeah, um, it's a great album. I love every song, but I chose House of Cards just because it has a special place in my heart. Um it is connected to a lot of late night drives when I was younger, when I first got my car mm-hmm. and um, kind of a time in my life where, uh, you know, it, it's a time where you're younger and you don't really know a lot about love. You know, it's a uh, mm-hmm. very confusing time in your life. Um, you're kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of unrequited love. You fall in love easily with people. You get crushes. You're kind of still just out of high school. You're confused. Your brain is confused. You feel a lot of emotions. And I feel like House of Cards in particular, um, In Rainbows is a lot, Is a, I would say mostly a song about, it's an album about love. There's a lot mm-hmm. of love songs on this album. A lot of great love songs. Um, Nude, uh, All I Need, Jigsaw Falling Into Place. Um, but this song in particular, I feel definitely encompasses the feeling of unrequited love of like teenage love. Um, the song is about infidelity, um, and open relationships Mm -hmm. and a little bit about unrequited love. Uh, the chorus is forget about your house of cards and I'll do mine. Um, I would say the house of cards probably representing the complexities of your personal life, you know? And not bringing that into, and that's another thing, when you're younger, you deal with a lot of relationships where it's just based around sex. It's uh, based around, it's purely, it is, uh, you know, you have friends with benefits types things. And, um, you know, that also spoke to me on a level too, uh, because I dealt with situations like that. Um, it's, it's a great song. It's so atmospheric. Um, the way that Tom York uses his vocals in the background is great. Um, it is, it's, it's very melancholic. It's also very psychedelic. It's very spacey. Um, I don't know. I don't have too much to say else. Um, there's a music video for it. Uh, it uses LIDAR technology. It's really cool. That's cool. Um, it's, but it's one of my, it's one of my favorite Radiohead songs. I can't say it's my favorite. I don't know. I'd have to do some more complex thinking about it maybe down the line if we talk about radiohead as like a topic even though i know you're not a huge radiohead fan but you know down the line if if that becomes a topic mm-hmm. maybe i would be able to get into it but off the top of my head it was the first thing that popped in i love this song um i love what it means to me uh and even though i don't really deal with those issues anymore uh it can 
it, it reminds me of that time. And, and I look back on that time almost fondly because mm-hmm. that's, you know, some of the best time of your life is when you're screwing things up and you're figuring things out, especially when it comes to love. But, um, so would you, would you think that, uh, that this album specifically is a, is a good starting point? For someone who's yes, new to abso- listening, absolutely. I like would say, like me, for instance. Like, I would what would say, you recommend to me? I would say because I know you're not a huge Radiohead fan. I would say for sure this album should be your introductory point to Radiohead. I listened to Radiohead. I knew several songs off some of the albums, but I started from the beginning, and mm-hmm. that's not for everybody because their debut is a little harsh. There are some definitely, and it's kind of funny when you listen to their debut versus like the latest album they put out, which was 2016's A Moonshade Pool, how far they've come and how different they've been uh, and, and how they've evolved and changed. Um, but I would say for sure, if you like, uh, if, if you're interested in getting into Radiohead, In Rainbows is the album that I think you should listen to. I think it has enough musical um, dynamics on it to kind of give you a taste of mm-hmm. what Radiohead's about uh, that you could then go back from there and maybe listen to OK Computer. You could listen to Kid A. Uh, you know, you could listen to, um, you know, some of their work that's a little more uh, divisive and go from there, you know? And I think it'd, I think it'd be a great starting point for you if you want to get into Radiohead. I, you know what? I, I do want to try. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, see, you, you said that I wasn't a big fan, but yeah. the, the truth is I don't, I just never listened to them. Yeah. You know, like I, maybe I've heard the, the couple songs that I've heard in your car, or, you know, at a party, but yeah. I've never actually listened to an album. I've never really God. sat down and listened or put in, in my car and just listened to a Radiohead song. Um, yeah. Besides actually listening to this song. Um, what, what did you think about it? Cause I don't, I, I mean, you might've heard it before, but that would have been years ago. But mm-hmm. as somebody who's like, you know, cause Normally, what we do for the show is Friday nights, we like compare the songs that we put together for this episode. We kind of wanted to keep it uh, a little more secretive as kind of like, a, you know, like a cool opening uh, episode uh, to give it a little more excitement. But normally we convene and we make the playlist about Friday night. So mm-hmm. like, what did you, uh, you know, what did you think about it as somebody who's not a huge Radiohead listener? I'll say. Well, I will say. uh the one thing that I really took away, uh, and it was because I'm I'm wearing a nice pair of headphones right now, mm-hmm. is uh, there's like a very interesting background noise. Mm-hmm. Have you ever picked up? It's very like I don't know if it's a rumbly bass or something, but it, it kind of had like an apocalyptic sound behind it, even though it's very quiet. Yeah, kind of has that like, um... rumbling. I don't know if it's just like a texture maybe that they used from like a synth if they built a sound. Um, I'm going to assume that's what it was. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. It kind of almost sounds like the rolling of waves, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's very – it's just really, really complex and cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you'll hear it if you're in a car or if you're like playing out of nice big speakers. But when I had my headphones on, and I was listening to it. I definitely picked up on it. Yeah. Really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I I really found it enjoyable. And you know, from listening to that one song, I do want to go and listen to this album now. Um, All right. Yeah. Sure. I, absolutely. I think you I should. Just, I want to get. I want to try. You know. Yeah. I I'm always both of us. We're always trying new music. That's kind of why we wanted to start this too. Yeah. Um, to introduce people to newer music, older music. A lot of people our age. 
you know, may not know all the classics. I'm pretty good with the classics as well as you. Yeah. Um, but we have our interesting flavors of new stuff. Yes. That yes, people absolutely. may not know. And uh, this, you know, it's like 14 years old, right? This this album or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably uh, a little, it probably is, 14, 15 uh, years old, 2007. It would be. Right. Uh, yeah, 15. It would be. No, it would be. Use trying to use my head. Uh, it's definitely. It's actually going to be. It'll be sixteen years old next well, year. It's it's fifteen now. It's fi- wow. In Rainbows is fifteen this year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Damn. That's what I was trying to say. Woo. Okay. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. insane. But um, um. But I do. I do have to say. Uh. For everyone listening, I pretty. Let's just say I listened to Radiohead for the first time, and that was tonight, or you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I would go check them out after hearing the song. It's very, very cool. Okay. So I like that. That's I, a, it's a very respectable number one, I yeah. will say. Thank you. I appreciate that. And listen, it wasn't easy. And in a way, these are in no particular order, but, um, you know, uh, I just, yeah. I, 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 I knew they were going to live on this list. And, um, yeah. and, and I wanted them to be my number one. I wanted the song to be my number one because mm-hmm. it does mean, the song does mean a lot to me. Um, but yeah, um, Getting off that, if you have nothing else to say, Jesse. Yeah. Rounding rounding out this list. Okay, this is it. Yeah. What is your number one song? Jesse? So okay, so I cheated a little bit. Okay. I cheated because this is my number one. Okay. Like of all time. Of all time. All time. This is. I left it for number one, even okay. though the rest of it was no particular order. This is my number one favorite artist, mm-hmm. and it is four British guys. And they were known as John the Rolling Stones. No, John, George, Paul, and Ringo, aka the Beatles. Ah, the Beatles. The Beatles. Yes, they are my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, steeped in pop culture. Yes. Um, as one of the most influential bands of all time as well. I mean, there's nothing really that you can say about the band that haven't hasn't been said already. Besides the fact that these four unique individuals came together and founded something insanely epic yeah. for for years. They're and the Avengers of music. They really are. Yeah. They really are. And my song that I chose, um, one of my it's it is my favorite Beatles song, and mm-hmm. it's Helter Skelter. Oh, uh-huh. see, off of the nineteen sixty eight album. The Beatles, aka the White Album. I knew you chose a White Album song, and I was really, I was trying to guess so hard mm-hmm. what what you were gonna choose, and it makes it makes a lot of sense. But also, I didn't think it would have been your choice. But yeah, man. Still, this what song, a, what a great track. You know what? I will say, this is. I have a very weird relationship with this album because when I was younger. I wasn't really into this album. Mm-hmm. I, I something didn't click with me. Yeah, and then as I got older, I would just listen to this album and feel something when I will listen to this whole epic album. Right? There's mm-hmm. so many. This is their longest album. Yes, and Helter Skelter is such a crazy cool rock song, you know, and it is. Uh, for popular uh, like music historians and stuff like that, they they key this as the the influence 
uh, for the development of heavy metal. Now, I don't know if you ever heard that or. I uh, yeah, I can corroborate that. This is definitely um, this is an early this sighting. Is, of, this is uh, one of the starts of heavy metal. Paul McCartney uh, is one of the great grandfathers of heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think so. Um, it, it's actually really funny how how he came about writing this song. Uh huh. So Pete Townsend of the Who um, was quoted in saying that they they had just uh he had just wrote a who track that was the most rambunctious rock and roll song that, and the dirtiest song that they've ever done paul mccartney heard that and he said well reading those lines fired my imagination and i wanted to do the loudest and dirtiest thing we could ever do mm-hmm so he went to the studio and told and told the rest of the guys, look, Pete said this and I have this song that I want to do, but we got to do it dirtier than theirs. And and then that's how they just created this massive sound that they had going. And I, I just think that's funny how uh, Pete Townsend, they did their song with the who and Paul heard that I was like, you know what? I'm going to one up him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do like the sweatiest rock number that, you know, we could come up with. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Metallica uh, has been in the, you know, pop culture recently because of stranger things. Mm -hmm. They are, they, they are quoted in saying that Helter Skelter is what helped influence them uh, with a bunch of their music and as well as uh, black Sabbath, uh, a bunch of those early, early rock bands. Um, that are more heavy. Yep. Um, but Helter Skelter is right up there with, with their uh, kind of influences as well. So Gabe, what do you have to say about Helter Skelter? I got blisters on me fingers. Man, what can't you say about this song? This song is so influential. It's one of the best Beatles songs. Uh, it is such a great track. I remember listening to this, this song when I was a kid, because my parents, they, they might have screwed up raising me a couple times, but they did do one thing right, and they raised me off of the classics, and I remember listening to this album. My dad put this on my iPod, uh, and I was listening to this song, and mm-hmm. it blew my little mind when I was a kid. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. This is insane. Um, It is, culturally, it's also an important song, because I'm pretty sure uh, that... Uh, this was a song that was a direct influence on a, you might know this guy, kooky oh. dude. Uh, he had a family of people. Some could say a cult. His yeah. a, his name rhymes with Schmarl Schmanson. Um, and there were a couple murders that happened uh, where that lyric was written on the yeah. wall. And uh, I, I didn't want to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. I think, you know, I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's actually very interesting because it just it just goes to show the reach of the Beatles. I think the Beatles, mm-hmm. I'd, I, you know, it. I don't want to say that they're the best. But honestly, when you think of the best in your mind, the Beatles pop in your head. Yeah. There's I don't think there has been another band that has been so culturally significant to music to music Mm-mm. today to to music of, of of after them their solo careers paul mccartney john lennon the world i mean think about it like this right helter skelter uh charles manson uh thought that helter skelter was 
about a race war that was going to happen, that it was a secret yeah. song about a race war. It's not, uh, <laughs> as you guys know, uh, but uh, he thought that it was about the impending race war. And mm-hmm. when, unfortunately, when they, uh, when the Manson family, not Charles Manson, but his followers went and murdered Sharon Tate uh, and uh, a couple of uh, her friends and family members, uh, that was on the wall. That was the death of the 60s was helter skelter the the era of peace and love that yeah. was when it died right there when charles manson so it's just it's crazy to think that the beatles have almost a reach of influence like that that they are that culturally significant they're a part of of one of the the craziest cultural moments in history yeah and and that's another thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this song, you know, this song's so chaotic. It's hectic. It's heavy. The screaming, the banging of the drums, the wailing guitars. Again, Ringo. Same like end. three or four chords just going. Exactly. It's droning. It's driving. It is the precursor to heavy metal. And I love it. I, I think it is uh, an amazing track, especially on an album that. There's so much going on. Um, yeah. There's and... so many tones. There's yeah. Insane. There's all. There's slow. There's fast. There's happy. There's sad. Yep. That there's so much going on. Yeah. And then you just get this this one song that is so unique. Yep. From every other Beatles song. Some some people say you know uh, you know a few songs kind of sound similar or like they all kind of have a little bit of the same tone. Yep. But this specific song. It's so completely different. I know. It's, you know, it's but I but I will say, I mean, it is it's it's I think I would honestly it's it's probably also I would say it's my favorite record of, or my favorite song on the White Album. Mm-hmm. Um, context uh, for people who are going to listen to this and then maybe go check out the playlist, which you should do. Um, you should definitely do it. Um, I also put the Beatles in my top 10. Uh, I didn't want to lie. I'm not going to lie just because somebody else chooses another song. That's never something I'm going to do. And I'd be totally lying if I said that the Beatles weren't one of my favorite bands of all time, although I don't listen to them as much now. Growing up, they had such an influence on me. They have an influence on music that I make, on music that I've listened to. Um, You'll see the song in there that I chose, uh, but (laughs) very tonally different from Elter Skelter. Uh, Yes. But yeah, I just I just wanted to point that out. I also put a and, Beatles song in the playlist so people aren't confused, you know. Yeah. And you know, the really cool thing that they're doing right now, Giles Martin is the son of uh George Martin, who was the Beatles producer for for a long time. Some would say they, the fifth Beatle. Some would say the fifth Beatle, yes. yes. And his son, uh, and the rest of the Beatles and the estates, they have decided over the past few years to remix and re-release their latest, uh, their later albums in the discography. And they started off with Sgt. Pepper's. uh, They did the White Album next. Then they did Abbey Road. And then they did Let It Be. Mm. All these mixes are are incredible. They They bring the sounds of the 60s to today with the technology that they're using to, to mix, uh, to to remix these sounds it's just beautiful and especially you know what the biggest difference is i think you'll agree with me is on uh sergeant peppers it's uh lucy in the sky with diamonds yes the i don't know what happened the pitch when they remixed the song yeah 
it's it's got a different pitch. Yeah, it's got a and different it's pitch so to it. So nice. It's such a refreshing sound. And on uh She's Leaving Home too, I feel also mm-hmm. has a different pitch as well. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, the the mastering that they're doing now to those albums, the remastering is incredible. The work that yeah. Giles Corey does is Giles Martin. Mag- Giles, sorry, Giles Martin. Why did I say Giles Corey? I don't know why I said that. I don't know who uh, that is. I, um, I can't remember where Giles Corey is from. It's somewhere in the back of my head. But they... But so yeah, Giles from... Martin, yeah, the work that he's doing is incredible. And also, I think, really important, too, because these albums... I mean, listen, you can go back and listen to the original mixes, and they sound great, okay? These songs still sound good, but I think for the... At least for the conservation of music and music mm-hmm. history having better sounding versions of these songs and mm-hmm. better mastered versions is important some people may call it a money grab it's just like oh yeah every five to ten years the beatles can just put out a brand new remastered album and they can mm-hmm. do a whole new box set and it's like this is the unreleased 320 studio hours and um there's one moment with paul thoughts in it and <laughs> yeah yeah and you can buy the vinyl version of it for 200 yeah. bucks <laughs> see but that's see this is the cool part right is they've had like remasters in the past yeah and they sound fine whatever but these are actually being brought back into the studio and remixed yeah the original tapes being put through the machines and the new mixing is happening so you're getting the right the left sounds all all centered you know and all mixed with uh so for instance, in uh, October, they're releasing the Revolver album. Um, is there is so there one excited. that they're doing that specifically has Taxman on it? Oh, that's yes. the first. That's the first song on the album. And listening to it with headphones again, you could hear the difference because in the remastered version, the music is still very much panned right and left. So you have all of the instruments on the right side. Excuse me, and then you have all of the uh, the vocals on the left, and it sounds really weird with headphones. You know, in a car, it might sound better and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then I switched it over to the 2022 remaster uh, remix, mm-hmm. and oh my god, it's beautiful. The way they mixed it, it's all centered. You could hear every little detail of every hidden guitar note in the background, and. Giles Martin actually for this uh for this album coming up they they used the technology that Peter Jackson's company uh came up with for what they call demixing. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're taking the original four tracks and they're putting it into this computer system where the computer can actually pull apart each individual track yeah, that's which is that's maybe layered. Crazy. So if you have uh, Ringo and Paul on one track, uh, playing bass and uh, bass and um, the drums, the computer actually could take apart the sound and split the one tape into two tapes, and to have just isolated bass and just isolated drums. That's and amazing. they're calling it demixing, that and is that's amazing. how they're going about for Revolver. And now that this technology is now being used and implemented for the Beatles, Peter Jackson said that he doesn't want to use this technology for anyone else. He says he's because he just uh, did worked on the documentary, uh, the Let It Be documentary uh, called Get Back on Disney Plus. Which I hate to interrupt, but I don't know if you saw he won uh, Emmy. Yes, for. He he, did, he, he they won. they won five. They yes, won all they five won five that they were Emmys nominated for. And 
and I'm sure Jesse was going to say it, but I'll just say it. Uh, go watch it if you're any if you're yes. any piece of a Beatles fan. It is so eight hours. It's eight such hours a great, of insightful look. Eight hours of beautiful content. Yep. Um, where was I going? Oh, the demixing. Yes. So uh, Peter Jackson has said that he doesn't want anybody else using the technology, which I think is kind of funny. He says, I love the Beatles too much. This technology is for them. And this is going to help remaster a uh, remix all the songs that are from their earlier catalog, which is crazy because, you know, the technology got better when they were recording Sgt. Pepper's and, and the later albums. But now that they're done with the later albums, now they have to go backwards if they're going to do this. And this technology is just going to help them get the sounds to where they need to be. You know, they may not do it with all of the albums because maybe some of them are just too hard to do, maybe like their first album or whatever. But Revolver, Magical Mystery Tour, and Rubber Soul, those three need to be loved as well. And I think hopefully next year they have either Magical Mystery Tour or Rubber Soul, because mm-hmm. I think those those really should get some love too. Um, with these re-releases, though, they're being they're insanely popular. They are putting the the Beatles back into pop culture with these you know giant super deluxe is what they call them albums yeah where they where they show the tapes uh the studio sessions even in uh 2019 they released um uh come and get it the the paul mccartney song oh yeah that he sold um do you remember what the name of the band is that that he sold to bad finger bad finger yeah the bad finger song come and get it is actually a beatles song yep uh paul mccartney Paul McCartney and just gave it away, and it's one of Badfinger's most popular songs. It is their most popular song. He had a his- he has a history of doing that, just giving away like songs that he's written for free, and then it ends up becoming the top hits. Uh, <laughs> and it's so uh, sad, but it, yeah. it was it blew my mind because I never knew it. I never knew it at the time. Yeah, no. I don't know if you did. I I knew it, but I will say that the even the Beatles demo version of it is no hate to bad finger okay bad it's better bad finger decent but it's so much better and it's yeah so good and it would have worked so well on abbey road but you know yeah. but yeah man i yeah I, I love i love helter skelter i'm glad you put that on there that's that's Thank a you, great man. choice it's a good choice but listen um let's wrap this up all right i think uh we're, yeah man we're, we're slowly approaching an hour and a half here which is crazy because time flies by when you're having fun but um, this is true you know, thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, uh, me and Jesse both really appreciate it. Um, this is a labor of love for the both of us. We've, you know, like we said, we spent the past couple of weeks kind of developing everything for this show. And, uh, you know, we really hope it works out. Uh, we love feedback. Um, so I would love to hear more uh, from the audience. Um, you know, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, like I said earlier, at uh, YSMS underscore podcast. Feel free to DM us. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely it, DM us. Yeah, definitely DM us. Um, rate even, the podcast on, I don't know if you could rate on Spotify, but I know you can on Apple. Yeah, rate. Give us a rating. Comment. Um, you know, like I said, we want constructive feedback. What can we do that's better? What do you like? What do you hate? Give um, us topics that you want to talk yes, about. Yes, give us topics. I mean, we have a huge topic list. Um, we so. actually have a full year of topics. Yes. So if you want to see yours on the show, uh, send it over to us because maybe we'll take it. Yep. Um, but 
definitely uh you know we want uh involvement and you know thank you again thank you for listening um next week uh our our next topic uh it's a good one it's a good one it is a good one um i'll just say this people summer is closing it's getting to an end and uh uh another season fast approacheth and me and jesse we're gonna have a playlist put together for you that i think is pretty good uh Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell them what the topic is? It's going to bring you. Oh, well, it's, it's going to be fall music. It's going to be music for the fall. Music that reminds us of the fall season. Of, yeah, of the fall season. You know, music that, that brings a little of that fall. Those leaves are getting brown and changing. It's getting cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, thank you again so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. If you want to listen to the songs we discussed as well as other picks for today's episode, a playlist is linked in the description below. Make sure to subscribe, like, rate, and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram at YSMS underscore podcast. And thank you again for listening to the Your Song, My Song podcast. See you next week.